0: Hello, welcome into the Charge Set um, episode fifty-two, I believe. So um, it's me, Neil, Dave, and no James this week again. Uh, I don't really have any funny anecdotes, so Seb's going to be dis- disappointed, but that's just the way things are.
1: Um, you normally have funny
0: anecdotes. Oh, <laughs> that's very good, Neil. Very good. Um. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, this is going to be. I've determined to make this a very positive episode because uh, we had a great, great two weeks. We literally beat the All Blacks twice for the first time ever in New Zealand. Um, yeah, I'll just. I'm just going to hand it over to you guys because. Okay, Dave's mic appears to be broken.
2: Uh, okay, you hear it? He's back. Oh, yeah, we can. Okay. We can hear it. He's back. Let's just keep rolling. Let's just keep yeah. rolling. Yeah. It's good
1: energy. this is it's a smooth
0: transition, boys. Smooth.
1: Rob will surely edit this out. No. <laughs> uh,
0: so um, I just have here in my notes, basically, I have a list of the players. Pretty much all of them were just really, really good. Um, that's, in, that's the, the, de-
1: the poor list. Poor list of them. Name the no ones that aren't. That's well, a hard that's,
2: exercise because they're also That's good. tricky.
1: throw someone on the and the starting 23s. I'd say Gary Ringrose is the only one who probably wouldn't be very happy what happened. Well, he's happy that he won the series, but performance-wise, probably the only one.
2: In terms of that triumvirate of centres, I I feel like Mm -hmm. his stock has definitely fallen, but it's kind of like, this is where having options and options that are different is so valuable in top-tier rugby. Horses for courses, like, like, say against South Africa, the pugnacious nature of Bundy and and uh, Henshot might be more desirable. And you might have said against New Zealand, Ringrose was the better option as well. But I guess mm. there's a lot to be said for beating up someone weaker than you physically, <laughs> which...
1: Yeah, I is... uh, that, that, that's underselling what both of them provide. Like, Bundyaki had some nice passes, some nice touches. Um, he definitely improved in that game, mm. that manner of his game. Um... And Ring um, Henshaw shows that he can defend finally as thirteen. So yeah, I, that's the only agree. two issues you'd be having and without that it's, it's a great So great going forward
2: then would you be twelve hockey, thirteen henshaw then?
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: Right. I guess the debate is settled then. We shall uh, never speak of this again. <laughs> but I always like for the last year or whatever, I've been saying it numerous times on it probably on here as well regarding uh like I I wanted Hume to be the one to do it, but maybe Henshaw Aki's like partnership could be the thing to to do with that uh Ringrose needed some upward pressure from from other parties no. to to elevate his game because I mean it was gradually returning to to the mean. I did feel he had a dip there maybe like a year and a half ago or something. Mm. And uh, he's been bringing it back up slowly and slowly, but you know, I just think competition is so healthy for professional And like realistically, over the last whatever, like what four years, three and a half years—I don't know—I can't put a time frame on it, but it just feels like Ringrose has been. If he's fit, he's starting at thirteen. So yes,
1: that's generally the case. Purely because he's out and a thirteen, he partners uh, Henshaw, and you never have all three of them fit. Yeah. I mean, rarely do you have that. Um, so, so it's just a statutory case. But like, as you said, horse for horse, whoever's playing better, play them. Mm.
2: But also, I think like, assuming all three are fit and and then you're playing like teams with different styles, then it's, you know, it's good to just have that ability to say, okay, well, you know, Ring Rose is slightly better at wide out defense than Henshaw. And we feel like we're vulnerable against france's fucking wingers or some shit throw ring roads in for that one or whatever you know what i mean it's just it's great to have that uh those avenues available to you which i guess is partly why we succeeded in the way that we did because in in a lot of positions we do have that kind of meaningful avenues of choice i guess mm-hmm. which which may be like prior times we wouldn't have had as much choice available so yeah it's it's nice we're reaping the benefits of i guess the the development of like four feeder counties or provinces rather um and we're seeing the the benefits internationally because i think like even connacht are meaningfully like mack Hansen, uh aki like you know those two played pivotal roles and that's mm. like the supposed shit province, so <laughs> so patronizing. But uh, you know, that's really good that there's representation everywhere. Mm. You know, more of that, please. I say, because I know there's that a uh, whole narrative about the Irish team is just fucking Leinster plus O'Mahony or whatever it is they say. So it was nice that we had a little bit. And it more.
1: must be noted that Finley Belem's got about four or five wins under his belt for the All Blacks.
0: Mm.
1: we're talking yeah. iconic players
2: yeah true that maybe he has their number because I never really rated him but I mean stats don't lie in that regard yeah but, uh...
0: I
1: think that stats also implies what their depth that tight end is like
0: mm. okay I'm I i I'm just going to throw some names out there okay uh, so I just have Doris was very good okay over the two series two tests uh, mm. the last two tests very very good um uh, like I was saying before this, his top tackle against, was it Bowden or Geordie Barrett? I think it might or be Geordie Barrett. Just crazy, crazy good. Um,
2: yeah, because that was, if you boil the whole series down to a moment, I feel yeah. like if he doesn't get top tackled there, we lose that. That was in the second test? Yes. Yeah. I feel like we lose that match and then probably go on to lose the third as well. Because at that point, yep. it's sort of like heads are low, whatever, yeah. I know they still have like the pride win to play for, but just in terms um, of a singular moment, yep. and it was like fingertips though. That is why you watch sport like shit like that. Uh, yep. It was
0: it was just incredible. Uh, More of that, I also, please. I want to throw uh, out... Peter Manny came in for a lot of praise, uh, and then there was kind of a bit of blowback, at least on Twitter, where it was like, okay, he's good, but he's maybe not always that good, which...
2: Yeah, know. but I think we've known that for a, like a good a while now around. that he's capable yeah. of getting up for the big occasions. Yeah, and then, like quite
1: good for this year now, I think he's Munster's best player probably. Mm. Um but
0: it, his his 50 22 in the second test was yeah. was pretty good. And well, I found a lot of uh a lot of people complimenting him in that kind of way of he like He's an absolute bastard, if you know what I mean, to play against.
1: Yeah, nightmare no like, to play against. You love it when he's on your team.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I saw a lot of Scottish fans basically saying that they would love to have a player like Peter Manny in their team. But
2: they have Ryan Wilson, don't they? <laughs> 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 Every time Glasgow wants to play, Ryan Wilson and Peter O'Mahony, if they're both on the field, will fight with each other for whatever reason. Like, yeah. I guess, it, look, it could, that's you know what this is a case of, like. It's not that O'Mahony is necessarily brilliant or Ryan Wilson is necessarily shit. It's the fact that the setup in which they find themselves contextualizes what they do. So, like, if if you put O'Mahony over in Scotland and he played exactly as he does, but in, like, unsuccessful setups, everyone would think he's a complete prat because he's not back... Like, the the collective is not backing up the sort of... I guess, the... The shit that he's flinging, you know what I mean? So Ryan Wilson is a similar shit flinger, but because he's in a, a system that's, you know, not as successful as the Irish system currently, then I, it's it's easier to just look at him and say, like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? I think I think that's that's how I would look at it, anyway. Because they both seem to just regularly start fights. I know it's not just starting fights, it's, it's other shit as well. It's being a grub. As you uh, told
0: me, Rob. But, but um... yeah, but like, uh, yeah, uh, you can get away with a lot more too if you if you win. Everyone can kind of say your antics are great and everything. Hmm.
2: Um, it was it's like you look at that and you say, "Oh, well, that helped us to win." You know what I mean? Whereas if you're doing it in losing situations, you're like, "Oh, did that help us to lose?" <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: mm. So it's um, it's. it's uh, I'd like to stay with Omani for a few because I do feel like he's <laughs> having a bit of a. Uh, Renaissance—is that what they say?
1: Yeah, I think so. summer, whatever you want to say.
2: Yeah, I, yep. but I do feel like a large part of why he's he had such a great series and probably season is just the the ever increasing importance of the breakdown. I mm. just think, uh, and he's like one that uh, it's, it strikes me as the kind of thing that the the longer you play for it, the better you'll get at it. Although, I haven't watched Hooper there in the Australian-England series. Like, that kind of counteracts what I'm saying. But, I think like it comes with experience. And, the fact that him and Byrne are so good at it, I think, just made the test so much easier. It's just like a... It's such an easy... Well, not easy, but like it's such a cheap way of getting possession. And I remember the refs were reffing this differently. Was it at the start of this season, where you had to lift the ball? Was that the start of this season?
1: I can't remember when, but there was a time where Mm. they're clamping down on clear separation, and then this season was has to be clear lift they were looking for.
2: Okay, I feel like they've drifted away from that a little bit. I just feel like breakdown top tier breakdown operators are a bit too powerful. I I don't I don't like the reason I'm saying this is because. I don't like too many stoppages in a match. Mm. And I feel like if teams start over-focusing on and they'd be stupid not to develop in like top-tier poachers or...
1: Yeah, but it's like saying to someone, just be better. It's, it's not something you can do. Like, it's just part of your mm. skill set. Like... Mm. But I just think it's
2: it's not that entertaining an aspect of the game. It's great when like when it goes your way and you're like, fuck yeah, absolute asset, et cetera, et cetera. Well, like, in terms of, like, trying to make the, 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 uh, spectacle better. Really you know, a
1: big, a big turnover can be.
2: Just someone who can appreciate the big turnover. I think an average Joe watching that shit will just see another if,
1: if, you know, It depends on your team. If, your, if you're supporting a team, you'll be like, oh, it's great. We've got a turnover. That's mm. incredible. That's entertaining. If you're against here, you, you're gonna not. I don't think it's an entertainment question. Well,
2: I, I just think it's more stoppages, which I think stoppages are inherently not great. Like, uh, this is what I was saying about the lift, it's, it's, because... It's a
1: reach, in my opinion.
2: Okay, okay. But uh, I was saying about the lift, because I feel like if they went back and focused on that, it encourages play to continue. Yeah, but then, like...
1: then, if, then it'll just be constant grinding. If they make it harder to turn it over, mm. you just gonna pick and going to be picking going, picking going. Sure, it's that yeah. stoppages, but slow and boring. That's
0: yeah. We, we get rugby league without the tackles
1: which yeah, is the We're, worst of all worlds <laughs>
2: i get what you're saying yeah i, I just um, feel like the breakdown needs a lot of work from all involved and, and yeah, as we can continue um, to exploit that going forward with the likes of Al Mahoney and burn long may I continue but for the, the health of the sport or whatever i would like to see it tightened up or some shit i don't know anyway yeah other stuff
0: they will. They will inevitably fuck around with the the laws at some point and emphasize mm, yeah. one thing over another, and it'll change. But, um, but yeah, you touched on Ty Byrne, who, honestly, the last was it ten or fifteen minutes of that third test was just like that was just a crazy, crazy. Uh,
1: yeah, it's, it's crazy rare moment. you see a player do that, especially so late in the, um, yeah, in the day of the match, like just. Big, big moments, multiple moments in a shorter period of time.
2: Mm. It was it was damn impressive, all right? I like mm. before the series kicked off. There was a post on Reddit about a uh, back row balance or some shit, and I think my main takeaway from it at the time and my contribution to it at the time was regarding breakdown focus and. Pilfering the ball because I think any Leinster fan watching this last season in the uh, it, toward the end stages, up uh, towards the end stages of the season, it was quite apparent that our breakdown threat is lacking.
1: Yeah, we don't so, have a tiger,
2: no, we don't have a burn we don't have a Peter Omandi
1: or an Aldridge or whatever you want
2: to, yeah, yeah, uh. Vander Fleer tries, but he rarely gets rewarded. Gibson Park is starting to develop a little <laughs> bit in his game now, which is interesting to see. But in terms of like an out and out specialist in that regard, who's also great in other areas, we just didn't have it. So I was looking at that and then saying, Well, how do how, how do Ireland pick a back row that, you know, could cause the All Blacks some trouble and, you know, just thinking, Well, Byrne has to be included somewhere. And O'Mahony probably should be included on that basis, and I think my thoughts were vindicated. Well, I mean, like it might have been obvious to most people, but I just thought, uh, yeah, it's nice to see what I thought happening. (laughs) Not that, not that. uh, Yeah, I mean, it could have easily just backfired. You know, the first test we were all doom and gloom (laughs) after the first test, so.
1: No. Yeah, and probably to a, a too much of a degree. Um, like, no one wins in Eden Park. Mm. You talk about it and like, no one wins in New Zealand, a series in New Zealand, but like, nobody wins in Eden Park. It's, it's just a fortress to beat all fortresses. Um, did, and it was only yeah. really a, a short period of time which did it in. Mm. It probably gave All Blacks too much credit in that, um, like they, they proffered over about five, six minutes, and they scored the tries and ended the game. Mm. Um, we we kind of fell off, well, fell apart. Um,
2: yeah. When we don't yeah.
1: give them that, it there didn't really show much.
2: Hmm. I wonder well, yeah. if the Eden Park test had been the third one, would. Things have been quite a bit different in respect of like faster. Well, like
1: the place um, in Wellington has it's, it's been a crap ground for the All Blacks. It's like the opposite of Eden Park. Hmm. They've got like a draw, like three losses or something in the last five games. Yep. Like, that's a bad record for anyone, regardless of the team.
2: Because hmm. well, I did see when the scheduling was put out uh, initially. People were saying like, "Why is the Eden Park test not the final one? I.e., like expecting a decider and needing that."
1: Plus, it could be the biggest stadium, and they want to set out the one first when they when they're still in the right, uh, right, right, right. Plus, you want to start off your series and it goes etc. etc. Hmm.
2: But yeah. Uh, yeah, we were very
0: doom and gloom. We were,
1: um, and and the Mary game didn't go well the first time as well. True. Um, and the second one was much better. Yep, it was, Um better result, obviously, but much smarter being pro. Um, we a much smarter way, much improved manner, um, and we learned from each game, which was great.
0: Yep. Um, I just have—I don't know if you guys want to talk about these kind of guys, but I just have written down. i uh, James Ryan uh, seemed to seem to find. Find something on this series, uh, Dan Sheehan was yeah. just okay. crazy just
2: good. Stop you there regarding James Ryan, all right? Because she <laughs> it just this it just, it just occurred to me. Like, okay, how long but, has James Ryan been underperforming? Would you would you guys say, yeah. or like compared to the levels he was at? I'm not saying he's terrible, but
1: from what so we the 2019 know... 2020 was a drop. Um. Yeah. See, I think it's kind
2: of hard to say that because I'm coming at this at another angle is, mm. is why I'm asking this question because I obviously see a lot of New Zealand fans shitting the bed with regard to how terrible yeah. they think they are and coming mm. off the high of the series win you're like well it's great and they're obviously not at their best but they're still good and then now I'm thinking hang on a minute maybe they're actually just really not that good ah uh, no
1: No, no. James (laughs) Ryan played really well this game. Uh, He's been very mixed the last few years. I don't think he's a captain, Mm. but when he when he starts off like he did, anything's going to be a um, a drop off.
2: Mm. Yeah. Um, But like it's it's. I'm probably being too harsh, but it is easier to shine when your opposition is.
1: Now, before you finish that sentence, the opposition was the All Blacks in New Zealand. Yeah.
2: But all I'm saying is, I see a lot of people saying, "New Zealand are terrible."
1: There's,
0: a, it sounds a little bit like kind of like, uh, uh, I would be guilty of this too in my own life of talking down the achievement, uh, hmm. post post the post the fact. Um,
1: it's but, easier to win a World Cup than to win a series in New Zealand.
0: Yeah, is it um, easier to get
2: past the quarterfinal stuff?
1: Uh we'll we well, we'll be talking about this later was we'll <laughs> yeah,
2: it's but... can I just say like the the uh that's double does uh is that rugby championship happening that thing? What is it called when the Tri Nations play or whatever? The,
0: yeah, the rugby it's the, the rugby championship, championship it's in yeah. two weeks. Yeah. So, that yep. will be
2: very, very eye opening in regard to how impressive our thing was. Because mm-hmm. if they are Good, then we can say well I I can say, I know yeah, you sound like you're looking on the positive side of things, but you know, if if New Zealand go on and beat everyone in that and handily enough, then yeah, that absolutely cements that achievement in the annals of greatness. But if they're just average, it doesn't take away from the specialness of it, but you just kinda think all right, it reels it back in a bit into more like reasonable territory. I feel it,
1: like if we wonder like it's it's like saying you won the World Cup and saying, "Well, the teams are not actually that good." <laughs> it, it is utter insanity. Like this is one, this is the, the greatest great achievement in Irish rugby's history. There's no could history. we have done <laughs> it? Could <laughs> done it
2: at any other time? I
1: and, know, and, the achievement?
2: <laughs> no, okay, but is that on the basis of the opposition we faced, or on the basis of us? probably a bit about having said that but yeah I don't know look I just want to see the rugby championships is all I'm saying because I feel like after that I'll be able to either properly enjoy what just happened or say okay it's actually if you can't enjoy
1: thing. what just happened <laughs> I don't know what to say like there is no the only thing better is winning the World Cup
0: hmm.
1: like like
2: I enjoyed it at the time it's just like a week later i had time to think and had time to immerse myself in the absolute torrent of salt that is currently coming out of New Zealand with regard to everything that's supposedly wrong with their system. And it's hard not to read all that and think yeah, the opposition we faced was... Uh, I,
0: my, my takeaway whenever I see that stuff is I find it hilarious. Because uh, <laughs> I saw there was... So they had their press conference after the game and they were saying they were all, whatever, not good enough and all that. Then they cancelled the next day one and then they went on like a four or five, well...
1: It was nearly a week.
0: Yeah, where they, they they didn't tweet. There was no social media posts. There was basically total media blackout and basically the joke was that we broke the All Blacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then you had the people, the New Zealanders writing articles about the worst All Blacks ever. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, that it. That's not because
2: minor. of us. Like we we didn't break anything.
0: Well, no, but 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 uh, it, it's like we've been playing we've been playing against New Zealand for I think it's like over a hundred and fifteen, seventeen years or something. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's it's like it's like me said it's it's literally this after the World Cup, it's the best achievement you could possibly get. Um. Mm. So I, I, I personally am going to enjoy it. I will always enjoy it. Uh, <laughs>
2: yeah, it might so, never happen again. Probably won't. So Yep.
0: We, we, we may never anyway. even get a series in New Zealand just because of the way that their global calendar and all that crap is coming out. Um, right. So I, I, I get your point though, Dave. Because like, if New Zealand... Okay, their next two games against, are against South Africa, in South Africa.
2: Yeah. Um, and i got like, to be honest I don't think South Africa are very good at all. No. So, South Africa
1: is the same yeah. team they were at the World Cup. They'll mm-hmm. tackle, they'll kick, they'll scrum, they'll maul. They have two packs of forwards. That might be enough.
2: Yeah, so yeah. it will be very interesting to see if uh, what I would consider like a an a ever so slightly above average South African team can take a scalp here, or if New Zealand, as I as a, I hope, New Zealand fucking blast everyone out of it in that rugby championship because it will it'll like make me just that little bit more happy about what happened, you know what i mean that's what i hope happens i hope i hope they show their class continuing going forward and in the next world cup and then we beat them again you know because <laughs> it'll just be so special but i just have my doubts i have my doubts mm.
0: um so i just have i think we've kind of touched on everything you can kind of uh, again, on the positive side from an Ireland point of view um, that first half in the third test, uh, we just looked so well coached so well drilled uh, knew what we were doing, everyone seemed to just click uh, and then and I suppose you can contrast then with the All Blacks which seem to be depending on basically moments of individual brilliance at times which like oh, pretty much only
1: that. That's what they had yeah. going for. Like I've if you're looking at tries, never... they're all breakaway tries or one moment yeah. of like um pick, was this
0: uh Hardy, Hardy or Savet, or like, I was yeah. gonna say
1: Julian Save, but I knew that wasn't right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um like or him just like taking the team on his back.
0: Mm.
2: He yeah. was impressive. Like
1: that, that there was no there's no cohesive unit. Mm. Which mm. was very surprising. And we fixed our piece issues from the first test. Our defence got better. Like, we did everything we had to,
0: mm.
1: and they didn't. They didn't do anything, um, and it looks like they're behind us by a couple of years in terms of the head injury assessment. Mm. <laughs> Why like, do you Like, to... like they it just seems to be something that they just don't get. I'm,
2: I'm yeah. not clear. Like, uh, there's what, what are you like, the red
1: cards, red cards. Hmm. Like in that second test, they got a red. Uh, and two yellows if memory member serves,
0: and one of those yellows was borderline.
1: And they remember were it? incredibly lucky to get that. What yeah. was
0: the borderline yellow? Remember the the winger?
1: hit on Hanson.
0: Yeah,
2: Mac Hansen Oh, when he it. jumped in the air, the CJ yeah, stand yeah. there, but not quite as bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember. Yeah. Um. It's yeah. Funny, when
1: I was watching that again. Um. Piper, paper. Yeah, mm-hmm. paper. Oh. Uh, piper absolutely screwed us that game. He was one of the worst refereeing, one sided referees for instance as you see. And you forget about it a bit because um we won, but I listened to the Molecast and they were saying there's four big decisions in the first half, like cards, and he only made that decision on one of them. Had, there was a TMO or the um Touch Judge that brought the attention to three of them. Mm. Um and they made a good point that he decides to be who the big team is, so New Zealand, and they're gonna win. Mm. Um. Uh, he, and they're saying like it's good points. He's a very authoritative ref, but he's just not a. It's like it was like a, everything you could do wrong, you did went wrong. Like if you are making a re- video for Royal Rugby saying what not to do in this situation as a ref or how to give away a penalty, it would look like that. Um. But like those high hits uh, and swung around, we got lucky. We weren't carded, red carded in the third test, but. Like, like the that's been stamped out because, as we said multiple times, where rugby is stamped out, mm. uh, and they just don't get it. Like they've the twenty-minute card in their domestic competition, twenty minutes mm. like red cards, uh, and they were saying, "Oh, well, this is this is." Um, they were complaining about the cards and stuff like that, uh, and it was very funny. In the Maori game, we were given a yellow card and a penalty try. Mm. In it was fair, but less. Um, less egregious than the one in the first test where sorry, the second test where Ringrose got t- tackled off the ball mm, yep and okay, they were trying on. to tie themselves a knots to try and say well the difference was he didn't pass it's like well Ringrose was on the ground that's why he didn't pass
0: I don't know mm.
2: I feel I've watched that again I just I think they made the right decision about it no, not being it, a it was trip. utterly
1: a stone cold uh, and he couldn't kind of pass the ball because Ringrose was tackled it, he
2: was wrapped up there was no way he could have got the ball away Ringrose was, was
1: tackled. He would be free there to take the ball. He'd pick he could
2: go. Pass that ball. He was wrapped up by the tackler.
1: If, if he he could have,
2: have just flipped. flopped the ball to the ground, but yeah, but he wouldn't because really.
1: he saw Ringrose was tackled.
2: Nah, I don't. Well. I just dis- disagree. I, I, in the heat of the moment, I was like, "My God, that's that's one of the worst decisions I've ever seen in my life." And you're right. Because, and, <laughs> and you know what, you know what, they were justif- This is why I like, am inclined to agree with you a little bit because the way they were justifying the decision was not that the pass couldn't have went, or that it didn't go because whatever. It was because there was supposedly cover coming over. Mm. So they got the decision right, in my opinion, but on the wrong basis, Mm. which is strange. But uh, I think, I feel like the card situation, both teams have gripes. Like, there was that... uh, Scott Barrett incident in the first test clearing out of oh, sorry, I forgot to
1: mention, Yeah, there's multiple, multiple things like that happened. Then a near Christmas carbon copy of
2: that in the third test with Aki on mm-hmm. one of their props, I think it was, which again, same outcome. I outcomes. didn't think
1: it was that bad. Like, I've only looked at it once. But I don't think there's anything there.
2: It looks almost identical to me, but it was from a bad angle the footage we saw. So yeah, maybe they didn't have a good angle to go diving into it with the TMO. But yeah, I think both teams have gripes. Probably Ireland a little bit more on the basis of Whatever, but yeah, it's 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 good that it feels like it wasn't decided a deciding factor in like the outcome to me at least. Mm-hmm. But maybe to a New Zealand fan, it would feel a little bit different. But I do feel like bad shit
0: went both ways. Um, yeah, Um yeah. so o- overall, like uh, I found the whole thing. I mean, no, no, I don't very, agree with that
1: at all. My whole well, point was New Zealand; they haven't learned. Like, you can say, oh, if it swings and roundabouts and, like, another day ref gives that and it bounces. it. Like, no, they just they give are their setup so they don't um, punish high shots. Sure. And the game has changed. Like, last couple of years up north, we've seen a lot of red cards. Yeah. And pl- now players are adjusting. Um, so, so I'll agree to disagree with you, Dave, that, you, like, you know, both teams can disappoint. Like, New Zealand have to blame themselves because most of the time they're six months ahead, at least. And oh. now they seem to be stuck in a time warp.
2: What about the Porter incident or the Aki incident? You know, like.
1: Yeah, like I think the Porter was, should have been red, but like that, that was one off. And you could say the, the, the Aki incident as well, but it, it just seems to the way they, they set up that. The high shot. Oh, you might get it. You might get yellow as opposed to a high shot is you're getting a red. This mm-hmm. is going to happen because the team, the refereeing teams are looking after first.
2: Well, just two high-profile incidents I can think in the last 10 years of similar things having happened, and then having happened again now there within the last few weeks, is the Sam Kane shot on Robbie Henshaw, which was yeah. terrible, and the Sonny Bill shot on Anthony Watson, I think it was, uh-huh. which, as you say, like, you know, back then, yeah, there wasn't the focus. So yeah. if that's an aspect of their game where they play play on the line, so to speak, then yeah, you might draw a red now and then, but
0: as you say, if the, yeah, competition... the, thing,
1: was, the thing was like you, you'd get a yellow maybe.
0: Hmm. Um, it was it, it was worth it
1: because yeah, <laughs> was taking it. Of...
0: Yeah, yeah, you'd you'd lay down the marker and you'd you know you'd you'd force. Like, worse. Yeah, like the what the fekato one against Zebo where he tries to rip his head off. They actually used that as the textbook example of this is a red card. And at the <laughs> time, Piper, Piper get a yellow. Um, well, Piper again. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think that kind of touches on the overall point of New Zealand's Like their discipline was, was horrifically bad. Yeah, Raw, and not just rough. like
1: um, tuggery, like just bad. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like uh, I was so happy when, uh, in the, I think in the third test they gave away Bowdoin Barrett gives away a penalty for clearing out beyond the rock or whatever mm. Mm. I was like they've been doing that for like since the dawn of time and uh, <laughs> they, they decided now like the ref was like no it's too obvious it's, it's there's <laughs> no yeah yeah
2: it is nice when people get pinged for doing obvious shit where perhaps they wouldn't have previously um, yeah but it's such a fine line. Like, I wish I really, really, really wish rugby players' mouth could be taped shut for the entirety of matches, because I feel like refs being influenced by players in the moment is just something I don't like. Even when it benefits me, like I, th- I think Rob in that Bowden Bar incident you just spoke of, like mm. Porter, it was on Porter. Am I right in
0: saying that? Yep, P- Porter takes the hit, and obviously.
2: He starts wailing be. and appealing, rightly so, rightly so. Yeah. You're being hard done by, but I, I just, I want the decisions to be made on the basis of what's happened being right or wrong, and not on the basis of whether it's right or wrong. And someone starts moaning about it, you know what I mean? But that's. I probably think you should
1: back. be, um, like if someone talks to the ref, that's not the captain, and the, the ref has an asked for penalty mm. straight away, mm. just instant. Does it again? Uh ten yards, does it again yellow card. Mm. Like um there was a moment in the first uh Merry game where the ball gets thrown in some of the Irish guy's face. It was the ten, I think.
0: Mm.
1: He, tr- he basically throws the ball Sullivan is his name. He throws the ball in the Irish Fire's face. And that should have been an instant penalty, maybe the card.
2: Yeah.
1: And instead the the game was constant back talk and niggle. Like <laughs> refs just need to say any like anything like that. Mm. Or like uh, maybe uh, rubbing someone's head or whatever you want to, like, anything yeah. like that, that. That's instant penalty. And mm, yeah. words the ca- captain brought over and say, "Next time it's cards," and that will it, stop all that stupid shit. That's a bit of an aside. Was yeah. I think refs just need to have, get get that in there. Anything like that, you can put it under the banner of unsporting behaviour, mm. uh, and then just deal. With it. And and players will learn because players hate like getting cards for nothing.
2: Yeah, and. Do you know, I think, like, I think we can all agree that refing these matches is a very, very difficult task. And I think, like what you said there, Neil, or like what I said, are implemented and implemented seriously. It will make their jobs that much easier, which will, in turn will make the jobs, sorry, w- which in turn will make the matches that much better. Because I feel like they'll, they'll be able to focus more on getting the decision right. Like that will be all their attention will be on what they're seeing and not what they're hearing or trying to like police these people having handbags, you know what I mean? Looking at stupid shit. They'll be looking at, you know, actually impactful moments. And I I just think it would be better for the ref, it would be better for the players, it'd be better for the sport. I just think everybody would win. If they
1: I think I think we should have a separate Rule set or law set law for pro and non-pro, um, mm. like and, and it, like there is talk about um, whether we directly contracting refs, which I think would be great. Yeah, I, I think we do need to improve the refereeing, um, improve the tools they're given. Yeah, so like there's been talk like where for scrums you bring on a specialist scrum ref. I thought
2: you were gonna say a table with wheels. No, my was God, you finally came round yeah. to the idea.
1: Like so, and because like, a lot of times you see refs. They go over to one side of a scrum and a penalty happens in the other and mm. they go around to that side and, and the side they left starts acting up yeah um so that could be a help there you might need a second ref on the field anyway just to say behind one line mm. defense making sure they're on side while the refs in their usual spot
2: well uh, yeah i did see a t- uh, talking point there feels like a couple of years ago now at this point but like a uh, sideline ref, whose sole purpose is to is to police the off sideline because I remember the offsides were a hot topic issue a while back, yeah like and it makes sense, and i you know you i th- you'd you'd be amazed i think at how quickly shit would tighten up, you know what I mean because they'd learn very you see it
1: every so often where refs really. <laughs> pinged off sideline. The game's much more open. Mm
0: -hmm. And then it doesn't
1: happen for another 50 or 60 games. And Every few seasons, they say, okay, we're concentrating on the offside line. And again, if they do it for a couple of games, then stop.
2: But it's, maybe I'm being too lenient on the touch judges because you can't expect the ref to police the offside line, I feel, because Mm. half the fucking defensive line is behind him. So like, getting an accurate sense for whether one player is beyond the fucking magic line that appears. It's just unreasonable. So, I've maybe the touch judges can do it. Maybe they're focusing on other things. I don't know, but it. Yeah, that t- that offside ref thing could be something. Look, yeah, I feel like I'm getting bogged down in the negatives. <laughs> We won a test series in New Zealand.
1: <laughs> yes, I agree. You're the one saying this <laughs> not, you know, it doesn't, doesn't matter anything. <laughs> <to you. laughs> uh,
0: Look, okay, uh, I think that kind of covers that series, kind of the main talking points. And... Oh, just
1: just on New Zealand, to go back to the negative, they're in a bad space. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Okay. Um, uh, Foster out.
1: It's yeah, weird, as you kidding. said, Rob, there was a, a seven-day mm. blanket ban on media. Yeah, like they they do get softballed a lot, the All Blacks. Yeah, uh, because New Zealand Rugby Union do own um, part of Sky Sports in there, mm. um, and there's always a lot of former All Blacks in the media. Um, but it looks like Foster isn't the man to do it. And then they've done this weird halfway thing where Spice like the worst results. I'm not sure ever because there's this guy called Grizz Wiley, which is a great name for a rugby player in the late 90s who apparently had a real terrible reign as captain. Um, Must have been where the South Africans were beating the shit out of them. And obviously the Australians probably would have as well. Um, But probably the worst or second worst in professional era. And they just seem to say business as usual, bring Joe Smith in as an assistant coach when you have Scott Robinson just right there.
2: Did you see the the next time barbarians face new zealand the coach of barbarians will be scott robinson It <laughs> yeah, they um, will I, I think that's whoever if that was decided after the results of our test our series against them then that's fucking genius because like that's just that's wrestling tier sort of
1: storyline oh, yeah
2: storyline which i i appreciate like especially as an Outside onlooker who could just look at it in a purely entertain me sort of way. Uh, well,
0: let's, let's let's go from uh, one interesting thing with the whole Scott Robertson coaching barbarian. I saw someone making the joke of how is he going to coach both teams um, <laughs> at the same time. But uh, what, like, yeah, where 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 do you think New Zealand? Like, do you think Foster lasts this season? Um, do you think what's the what's the the tipping point? What's the absolutely okay? We're in a really bad state. We're actually going to have to change things dramatically.
1: I don't um, think you'll. It's a loss of the uh, rugby championship. I think he stays on, depending on the manner of it. Okay. I think if he loses think... the Bledisloe to the Australians, yeah. which would almost certainly ensue that they've lost uh, the rugby championship. I think that's it. I think you might just bring in Robinson, drop him on top, and have maybe the assistant coaches stay. So Joe Smith and uh, Plumtree and someone else. Um, I I think that's it. Yes, it's. I think they need to change Kane as captain. I think that back row was all wrong. It should mm. be how do we get the best out of Artie Savic? He was a phenomenal player. Mm. Um, they they seem to be playing like a couple of sevens and. It worked better when they had Barrett at six. That was a better mm. balance. Um, so they need to figure out out their props were bad. Mm. Um, it's Funny Squid Rugby put it out of his video of the the two game, the three games, and he was relentless in his mocking of their props. He just called him lazy, just a lazy arsehole. Mm. I was like, this, this is very unusual for Squid. I haven't seen Squid in a while, but like this is him just taking. And he was, he was, he was. He didn't form well um and Coles, like great player but long and toots second rows yeah still good but again old mm. um some great individual talents in the back line still half backs very good the back good backup in uh, rishi Maunga. um centers not as good as they were but still probably good enough with the. they they do they rely on a few X-Factor players uh, and the counter-attack, which is still really good, but their defence, discipline, structured attack, set-piece, they're not good. Yeah. And I, I didn't say not great, I said not good. Mm. So you, you could see someone like South Africa really targeting in that regards. But the South African game plan doesn't lend itself to racking up big scores against teams, so like, they just kick yeah. once, poorly once, and they're back in it. Um, I think they still... Uh, they. <laughs> I was going to say Did they have all the raw materials they need. I'm not sure if that's 100% true, but they have the raw materials to be better than they are.
0: Yeah. I think I think that's a very fair assessment. Um I'm very looking forward to very much looking forward to the South Africa games. Uh just cuz it's it's the All Blacks under a, probably the most pressure they've been under in a long long time um up against their the team that they probably I don't know if they fear the most, but but they probably respect the yes. most. Uh, and the South Africans don't
1: fear them. South Africans fear yeah. no one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, so that that's going to be great. That's going to be fascinating. Uh, but okay, so we've kind of touched on everything there. Uh, now we're into the other rugby section, I think. So, um, yeah, the other series, like I said before this, the odds England one, I watched all of it, but I genuinely can't remember
1: it. Um, I said to Dave about 10 minutes before the end of the last game, I said, I've seen this game 20 times before. Yeah. Where England just grind out this victory and Australia just just can't do it. And it's it's like every Australia game for the last twelve tests. Mm. It seems like it always happens the same. Like the England aren't particularly good, but they get their points and they get a breakaway try or something. And Australia does suffer injuries and mess things up and just can't do it.
2: Mm. Um, I thought uh, for over the course of the three matches. Australia were a lot better than I was expecting them to be. I I don't know where I got the, the sense from. But I I just thought they might be you know. they were close.
1: They were it was only really the last couple of minutes where the game got out of mm. reach for them in the last game, last test. Mm.
2: But again, I'm gonna contextualise the fact that I just said Australia were better than I thought in that like England are probably not in the best place either, you know we're I, I constantly call back to Eddie Jones's foresight to World Cup 2023 and taking the losses now even though you got a one win but just taking taking the pain now for potential benefits later yeah. and if if that is what's happening then maybe the fact that Australia were competitive isn't as good or as much of a surprise as it might otherwise have been but uh yeah, no, I know I like I like how uh I think Cooper is gonna be their ten for that for that series. that uh, injured just before yeah, just before the first test and a uh, Lolo say guy I think it is came yep. in and definitely he was like for someone who wasn't supposed to be starting, he took up the mantle very well and uh looks like a good out half going forward to sort of like fill in where i feel like australia have been struggling at out half for like the last five years trying to find the right fit i'm not saying he's it but you know just in terms of like where we're at versus where they're at i just thought it was good to see and i i hope we have that happen you know you guys i think are in the the Froli camp but it, i at some someday now someone's gonna have to step in and it's gonna be a permanent deep type thing and just seeing a lot do it over in Australia gave me a bit of hope. I think it was nice to see. And there's a, not that I've been following Southern House of Rugby too closely or as closely as perhaps I did at one stage, but I just liked seeing some new blood coming through in Australia. Still some old names like Cooper O'Connor, whoever else, Hooper as well, who seems to be an eternal fixture at this point. But uh, yeah. It's nice. I, lo- I like Australia. I think uh, they're like my second team, so it's kind of good that they're not yep. as bad as I thought they were going to be. And yep. is, Has Eddie O'Sullivan been offered the Australia job or some shit that I see?
1: There was talk they wanted them, but.
0: Strange. That, that, he hasn't been a. I can't remember his last uh, professional coaching gig at any level.
1: Eddie O'Sullivan or Eddie Jones?
0: Sorry, Eddie Jones is what I oh, meant. To okay. Say. I miss, uh, oh, okay. I misspoke. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming once I I uh getting confused here. Oh no I I think the the rumour is yeah okay Eddie Jones to Australia, Andy Farrell to England. Uh and then I also heard there was rumors of Stuart Lancaster was approached by Racing, Um but that's that's coaching. Uh, uh
2: didn't Australia just literally get Dave Rennie?
0: Yeah, but but have you seen enough out of them where you're like, oh, we're definitely going places, or
2: we're very competitive in that.
1: Yeah, they still lost twice at home to a team that's yeah. not doing that well this year.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: and maybe using this as a building exercise.
2: If one yeah. one thing actually, yeah, I, I agree. If that if 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 all that narrative holds true, then it's not impressive really at all to have won only once. But uh, the fitness, health and fitness of the Australian players seemed uh, somewhat lacking in terms of injuries. I, I thought uh, I don't know if they just got very unlucky or but every every match in the series I think they seem to be shipping yes, quite a lot of injuries which, you know, isn't a good sign with the World Cup a year away. Uh, maybe that's yes. something something that Dave Rennie's team is not good at or some shit they've picked up on. Uh, but in the same regard, isn't that one of the things that people said about Eddie Jones's tenure with England? Was that he was pushing them too hard physically and they are all shipping a lot that of No, that was injured. them getting As injured
1: in a, training camps, so it wasn't just losing five players a match. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. But, you know, they, maybe they, they saw that and they were like, yeah, we need that. We'll harden our players up through being brutalized in training and then in matches, but um, yeah, so I enjoyed the Australian England matches anyway.
0: Yep, um, do you guys want to talk about the Wales South Africa series where Wales win the second test, get their first ever win in South Africa obviously against a super elite, super changed Springbok team? And that actually, that second test was one of the worst games I can remember watching in a long mm-hmm. time. uh
2: They hate watching South Africa play. I absolutely hate it. I think they're just... They epitomise everything that's crap about modern rugby union. And it's very... Mm. I I wouldn't go as far as to say it's depressing, but I just... Oftentimes during a South African match, I'll say, why am I even watching this? And I think, other than seeing Wales win the second test, Mm. I was routinely disappointed by everything I saw from South Africa. I don't know. I just... I think they're very cynical. Like, it frustrates me. I, I can't t- put words on it, but, you know, like, wasn't that water break rule brought in specifically to counter their cynicism? The fucking, yeah, cool water, like, Jesus Christ, lads, come on. <laughs> they had to bring a fucking rule just to counteract their shitty fucking carry-on. It's strange. Mm. And I think they, they, they have like a, a swagger about them, but I don't think they merit having that swagger at all.
1: They like keep winning games and they're, they're reigning champions of the World Cup.
2: Fuck them, they don't deserve it. <laughs> and the Lions
1: winners, don't forget that.
0: Yeah. thickening. Did, did like, you not get invigorated by that Lions series and like, it was like this board this is great and everything is in a good place? <laughs>
2: I'll be honest, I don't really remember it that much.
1: It was terrible. Probably because
2: it, i felt the same about South Africa as I do now, in that they just annoyed the life out of me. But mm. uh Yeah. It was good that Wales got a win though. You know. I think everyone yeah. everybody expected Wales to go up around and lose 3 0, I think. Yeah. So
1: Yeah, but I didn't think it'd vote.
2: Then, then again, I don't think much people would have said in the second test South Africa would nearly do a whole cha- wholesale swap around. Not, and that's not to say I think that that was disrespectful or anything, or that the drop off in quality was so large that that's the only reason Wales won. I still think that team was elite and uh, just probably not as well versed in, you know, cohesion, I guess, and playing together, or whatever else, familiarity with tactics, et cetera, et cetera. But um, yeah. I don't know where I'm going with this. Uh,
0: I I I think for me, I think Wales will say that it was a successful enough season, successful enough series, in that they got the win, um, and were competitive in. Uh, I think maybe all the games. Mm. Uh, c- considering they're coming from that was their first games off the back of the loss Italy in Cardiff, um, mm. and uh, the fact that. No Welsh teams made the knockouts of any competition as far as I can see um like i for me um after the Cardiff loss and the the, the really poor after the loss in Cardiff to Italy and the really poor performances of the the regions and there was talk of they're going to get rid of one of the regions uh and then there's there's mismanagement of the the entire union and all that kind of crack and there was i don't know how realistic this was but there was like a slight fear that like and also the the rise of welsh soccer um it was kind of this narrative building that maybe wales rugby was you know maybe not as much of a sure thing anymore and maybe they they could regress and that'd be a loss of a major rugby nation to a certain degree so i think
2: we can't afford to lose
0: yeah um so as much as as much as I don't like Wales and all that kind of crack, I would hate to see them drop to a just a level where they're basically not irrelevant, but kind of
2: they're in that Italy zone.
0: Yeah, I I would hate that. Uh, I, really, where, I too, um, would hate that. But again, for Wales, what frustrates the shit out of me is every time I think that they've, you know, okay, there's no reason they 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 shouldn't be able to do this. They shouldn't be able to win this, and then they'll go and win a Grand Slam or something. And then the, the next year, they'll finish sixth or something. Or, um, or win their first ever match away in South Africa. Yeah, they're an enigma to me. They really are. Um, in a weird way, I'd say more than France over the last while. Um, even though France is very hot and cold as well, obviously. That's hmm. the that's the, the meme. But um,
2: I think you described well, it well, Neil, and you described them as brave.
1: Yeah, it was, it was very... <sighs> What do you call it? No, I I'm looking for uh, patronising me to describe them as brave. That's what you say mm. to a team that's shit, but didn't get beaten by as much as you thought it would be. Yeah. Um, but they were, they, they, they never gave up any of those games, and they were just physically a match in all of them. But they just put everything into it, and they got a win, and it was, the win very impressive. Mm. Um, I, I, I don't know how much they can take out of this going forwards. Mm. As we said, like it was the, the game, the Springboks changed all their team but We'll we'll have to see. Like I'm not sure like there's been blips with Wales before, as you said, where they make a big have mm. a big result and then next year fifth and sixth nations. Mm. Um very much a wait and see team I think, but
2: I think not only are they brave, but I think they're uh They're good at like dragging you down to where they're at. And I'm not saying that means they're bad, but I think they manage the game such that if you want to play to your strengths, they stifle it and kind of limit your game plan to yeah. and they have a limited game plan then as well. And then it kind of I, I, I'm not maybe I was unfair to totally say it was South Africa's fault earlier with regard to how unentertained I was watching the matches. I feel like Wales are like going about their business, but it, it's not good to watch, but you know, occasionally it results in good things happening. And um, yeah, I th- I think like we're really well poised to beat a lot of these teams.
1: Yeah. And I'd be very interested to see how we play against South Africa this uh, winter because we haven't played them since we beat them in 2017.
2: Mm. So it's the Hammered them shop.
1: like that was Bundyaki's first game put on Cotics,
2: yeah. And he feels nearly like a fixture now at this point, so yeah, it's a long time. Uh,
0: the autumns are going to be great. Um, uh, does anyone want to talk about Scotland, Argentina? I did <laughs> actually, I turned off the third test, uh, when Scotland were like whatever double digit lead, and I was like, okay, yeah, they're probably going to win. And then I woke up the next morning and I was like. <laughs> how did do they think? do
1: it <laughs> <laughs> completely
2: uh, in character
1: yeah very much so Um, just completely fell apart took off all their most experienced players and <laughs> surprise surprise Argentina came back into it
0: one of the more interesting uh, little side stories of that whole thing was Sky Sports had I think it's Stuart Hogg and
1: yeah, which I... Well, sorry, I didn't mind it because I don't care about them. But I'd hate yeah. for a current Irish player to be a common thing in games.
0: A current Irish player who only a few months previously went out on the piss yeah. and ignored team rules and had, had the captaincy stripped off him or whatever. That that, that would be a very... Like, that wouldn't be set in yours. Like, if, you, if an Irish player did that, I don't think... Uh, uh, I don't know. I think you just can't imagine
2: it. What if Sexton did it? Like, you know what I mean?
0: That—that's it. You'd have to be like literally, arguably the greatest of all time, and totally indispensable. You don't
1: get there by being yes. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. It's like saying Finn Russell. Like, oh, he's, he's just—he's just a lad. He's—he's he's human like everyone else. Sure, he doesn't take his health and fitness as seriously as anyone else. Not that uh, endearing I'm like, no, it's not. He's a loser.
2: You leave <laughs> Finn Russell alone. You no, hate no. that man.
1: <laughs> he's. Uh, like, because basically people say, "Oh, he's so good." It's like, no, he's not. He's good some games, and no, like I say he's good one minute at one game and bad other. There's a reason he never wins any trophies. Is he flaky? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, yes, he is. <laughs> was that a gotcha question? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I just wanted you to see how bluntly you'd react to the question, and you didn't disappoint. It was great. Uh, he is,
1: he is excellent. Like, remember he came on for that Lions game?
2: Yeah, totally. Um,
1: yeah, but like, you just can't build a team around him yeah especially sorry, that's just on him as a player Mm. never mind the the other the antics cancerous antics of like just Mm. going over to piss like so you either either destroy morale in the squad or destroy the coach's authority or both (laughs) yeah it's 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 just like mm. and you were talking about sorry like the the wilson omani like um the mm. big man talking up when he's fifty points down, <laughs> like yeah, it looks <laughs> stupid it looks. Like, like it's like uh like Glasgow are always chippy when they play Leinster or Munster, like why? We're not in the same league. <laughs> yeah. A few years ago, five years ago, yeah, sure, when you you won a trophy, got the got the finals. But it, it just it just looks sad. Mm. Yeah. Uh
0: so yeah, that's that's gotta shrug the... Scottish rugby's not in a great
2: place at the moment, I don't think. Were no. Argentina good? I didn't see any of them. Yeah, like Argentina,
1: Argentina. It was, when they were down, they were down, they are up, they are up. Um, yeah. First game, they were good. Second game, Scotland were good. <laughs> Third game, both teams were good and bad. <laughs> and I wasn't paying the most attention to these games, uh, I must yeah, say. I, I but, um, like, they have some great attacking ability and some brain-dead stuff. If, some...
2: if we met them in the quarter final, could they beat us? Not that we will. I know it's either going to be I New I in France. Of, um,
1: I, I would love to face them in the quarterfinal.
2: Yeah, mm. compared to what potentially will be.
1: You know, the only team I wouldn't want to face in the quarterfinal, as opposed to the two ones we are, would be South Africa.
0: Mm. Mm. What about France? France are very close. Up- they're the up two up there, we're going to too. face. Yeah. Well, no. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Yeah, that I saw some people just kind of on aside. side. the one side of the draw, you've said Africa, France, New Zealand. It was also, done
1: directly after the World Cup for some strange, strange reason. Yeah. But we were ranked low relatively and Wales were ranked high. Yeah. And France yeah. obviously weren't were great either.
0: Yeah, it's uh not great. I uh, yeah, I don't I don't wanna get into too much about that, uh why they do that. Um but yeah. Uh so then I have other rugby news. Uh, new Jersey for Leinster. Uh looks good, in my opinion. Um, just get that out there. Uh, it had the new... to buy? I've already pre-ordered it. <laughs> okay. It comes with an NFT. You have a data doll by any chance.
1: <laughs> Rob, you better be lying. <laughs>
0: no, 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 no. Leinster haven't got into NFTs, although I saw some English teams have started to get into of course they the did. sort of crypto NFT currency thing.
2: I loved the I'm disappointment fan. in your voice there, <laughs> Of course they did.
0: F- fan experience kind of things or something. I don't know. But. Uh,
2: what a Glasgow fan experience being verbally abused by Ryan, <laughs> <laughs> and then beating him in the resultant fight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now I'd pay yeah. any amount for that experience, <laughs> NFT or otherwise. Yep. Yeah.
0: Uh, and then we have. Some of the new Leinster signings, I assume basically it's Jason Jenkins and Charlie Natai have arrived. Uh, I haven't seen any pictures of Jenkins, but I've seen pictures of, of Natai. I also saw pictures of Ronan Kelleher in the preseason, so that's, that's a good sign. That was the oh, show Will Will looking in the pictures? Yeah, Will O'Connor actually. Uh... Will Connors. Oh, Will Connors. sorry. Uh, Will O'Connor. Makes
1: uh... <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a Kiwi saying he's lining up for Leinster. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Oh, and Dave Kearney. There's pictures of Dave Kearney. That's good. He's wearing a Fitbit. Hmm. He shouldn't be wearing that. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Well, if you're playing rugby, you shouldn't be wearing like a watch, basically. He's
1: not playing rugby, he's training.
0: I suppose, uh, yeah. But yeah, that's interesting. And Sean O'Brien is uh, now the contact skills coach, which will be fun, Mm -hmm. hopefully.
2: Um, So is is this his first coaching ticket? Yes. Uh, well, Chris he's been special. involved
1: in coaching from like decades ago.
2: Yeah, from his days in Carlo, whatever. He,
1: um, he coached, he did some work with Carlo GA, Coach mm-hmm. Tullow. He's been doing work over in England, I think. Right. He, That's he, kind he was of always of the man he'd go into coaching, so hopefully he's got a. Okay. But few, isn't
2: coaching like this? Maybe this is a disrespect to the man. I don't want to throw shade, but he doesn't strike me as the most uh, how he's, how he's say nuanced. Character or like one who (laughs) I'm not gonna go that far, but like you know, like the likes of Joe Schmidt, you you see the man, you see who carries himself. He's sharp, he's astute, you know, details, whatever else. And you see Sean O'Brien, and you kind of think, yeah, he's just kind of like a bloke, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, a lot of times players tend to be up like Philip Saint-André. Was known for our time, known as an incredible attacking winger, mm. and he coaches the most gritty, ugly um, teams in France and England available. Mm. Like it's just pure meatheadery. Um
2: <laughs> So the coaches, whatever out. Like Joe Smith was a winger. Mm.
1: Like, and he wouldn't say out of his time in Ireland that he was even a, a back, mm. he had a, a particularly attacking mindset. Yeah, like yeah, Leo Colton, you'd say is like I say, like a gritty second row, put all his talent into a mm. uh, just a work rate guy, not not an athlete. Us and his Leinster teams have been very attacking.
2: That is true. So obviously, I've been I've committed the mortal sin of judging a book by its cover. Mm. Where maybe I shouldn't, but uh, I mean, if he's the contact skills coach, then it's probably a fitting match. Mm. But you know. Look into the future. Oh yeah. I imagine you imagine the future would be
1: taking a more, maybe take forwards or something.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, fair play to hope. Hope it works out. It would be, yeah. it would be sweet ass to have like a, more Irish options in coaching roles would definitely yeah. be something positive, I feel.
1: Because yeah. like Rob, you
2: said about Farrell being offered the English tenure, which I hadn't heard about.
1: Not offered, talked about.
2: Okay, yeah. talk about whatever. If if that's Reliable Then you can imagine Offers are not too far off uh, Number one That worries me Because we're seeing success But number mm. two Then I'm like Who replaces it? Yep
0: yeah, It's a Reasonable question But Yeah but
2: You know More Irish options would be great Like You could Yeah
1: So you think Maybe or whatever, But Paulo Maybe Connolly. he wants Paul O'Connor As a head coach though Mm. Or not, like maybe Leo Cullin or Lancaster goes up a row, but I, I don't mm. think Lancaster wants an international role again.
2: I wouldn't say so either.
1: Um, yeah, yeah it, it's hard to say. Like maybe faster, <laughs> faster redemption. Razor online. <laughs>
0: um, what one other thing? The the main news that came out this week was about uh the Club World Cup potentially being a thing and um, so just to give you an idea as far as I'm aware basically once every four years we'd do away with the knockout stages of the Champions Cup um, we do this this World Cup featuring Super Rugby teams a team from Japan uh, and then teams from Europe um, on one hand I'm like uh, I don't like the idea of giving up the Champions Cup. On the other hand, I'm like it would be pretty cool to see like Leinster versus Crusaders, but I don't know. Where where, where are you guys in the whole? Yeah.
1: Like yeah, sure. Seeing Leinster play the Crusaders—that's great. It's been talked about for years. Oh, yeah. oh just normally before we lose a the final. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, like I, I'm, I'm just sick of these changes in the club rugby and European rugby in particular. Um, we, had it, we had it we had it, we had it solved ten years ago, and we stopped it. Um, mm. Just another way for the English clubs to squeeze money out of it. Mm. Um, yeah, sure. Interesting if it comes around, but I'm not going to be wasting any any brain power on it, True. which is probably True. the worst thing you wanted to hear from someone on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's 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 kind of like it's like it's weird in that like. I'd probably watch every minute of it, uh. but I'm not, like, super... In- I'm not enthused by it, you know I am not like, oh, this didn't need it to happen or anything. Or
1: yeah, if you told me, okay, this is 100% set in stone, that's fine. If you're saying this never yeah. happened, that's fine, too. Like, yeah, yeah. I'll watch this it when it's on, but it's... Uh, it'll be half-empty stadiums at
0: best. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Uh... Logistically, it's also going to be a bit of a challenge in that.
1: Made in Dubai. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> okay. Jesus. <laughs> the middle For of summer.
0: Qatar. Qatar will have all those uh, air-conditioned stadiums. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's one thing to consider. Um, I don't have any trivia today. Uh, Hooray. So, like, you've no homework, no trivia. Um, okay, I think, I think we'll leave it there. You, you guys happy there? Cool. Okay. Good luck, everyone. Bye.